I had to learn to like take care of myself and figure it out all on my own. Mm -hmm. Get comfortable being alone while being sick. Yeah. And so now being with somebody new, I'm having to like relearn how to let that person help me. Welcome back to Social Soul Podcast. I'm Jess. And I'm Haley. And before we dive into today's episode, we just want to do a shout out to our sponsor, Clean Craft. I really hope all of you listening have tried them already because they're so delicious. Yeah. How could you have not tried them by now? Exactly. And shout out to the one person who listened to our episode and said that they were going to start chugging their Clean Craft because (laughs) we love you. (laughs) Yeah, we've gotten a lot of good feedback from people who have tried this and love it. So if you have not yet, definitely don't miss out. It's a non-alcoholic drink, so it's like in a can, ready to drink, super convenient, and it's got hemp extract in it, which is kind of nice because it's like you get that relaxing feel without any negative side effects. Exactly. I like to drink it like after a long, stressful day for me, um, specifically specifically like after a work day. Mm-hmm. I'll get home and like that's my unwinding is like open a can of clean craft and just sip it and chill. However, I do like sometimes drink like two in a row. Yes. Do you do that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did that one time actually while I was like working and I was like, okay, I'm going to go like (laughs) chill for a second just because it's like you kind of get that euphoric feeling Uh in a way. So yeah, I was like, okay, give me a couple of minutes. (laughs) But definitely try them out. Um, You can shop for them on our Amazon storefront, which will be linked in the show notes for this episode. Or you can buy it directly from their website and use our promo code SOUL. Yes. So check it out, you guys. So today's episode... I'm really nervous for this one. I am um, just because it's obviously a big part of my life. Yeah. Today's episode is going to be basically us discussing um, dating while chronically ill. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a chronic illness, was diagnosed in 2018 with a multiple tick-borne illness. And so ever since then, I've just been trying to figure out, you know, how to navigate life, how to navigate just normal things in life. And then on top of that, I also became single during my health journey through it. So Mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out how the fuck do I date while having no energy to date? Yeah. (laughs) It's the big one. Yeah. Well, it's like chronic illness is like something that like obviously affects your life in such a big way. And so it's important to be around certain people and like the kind of relationships that you have. So it's a big factor that plays into who you can date, you know, and like, yeah, just what your life is going to be like together. Exactly. And I like how you said that, like it plays a big factor in like who's around you Mm -hmm. um, and who you can have around you. Mm -hmm. Because I remember when I first started dating (laughs) um, and I was expressing to you how frustrated I was because I felt like people were when they would find out that I had a chronic illness, you know, through the dating apps or whatever. Yeah. They would just kind of like drop off and like yeah they would be gone and Mm -hmm. like I mean I get it at the same time I understand like it's kind of terrifying to see you meet somebody and they have a chronic illness it's obviously a lot to deal with like whatever 
And I ex- I expressed that to you, and mm-hmm. then you were you gave me like good idea. You were like, well, don't you just just like think about it? Like you're just like weeding out the wrong ones for you, just for sure. even faster yes. than anyone else does. Yeah, because if they're not gonna like put up with it or like be there to support you, it you, they can't be in your life. Like yeah. you don't need them. Like get rid of them early on. Yeah, and I didn't think about it like that because yeah. at first I'm just like thinking like, oh, I'm not good enough for these people. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like down the line, this guy probably would have been shitty anyways. You yeah. know, it's just they're showing their true colors faster yeah. because of this, of their opinion of my chronic illness. Yeah. So it was a good thing in the end. <laughs> yeah. But it's almost like you feel like inadequate or like mm-hmm. less or like a burden. Is that yeah. kind of like how you, how you felt? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, um, kind of use the word or use the term baggage mm-hmm. I can and you know it's like people who are dating that have kids they think of themselves yes. as having baggage yeah um, there's a lot of other things that people well non-drinkers like yeah. I know a lot of people who don't drink people say they don't want to date somebody who's sober and mm-hmm. it's like well why <laughs> like, exactly what the hell exactly and that I'll actually roll into like the first thing I want to talk about um so I did a thing well Obviously, like I have my own big fears about dating yeah. while having a chronic illness. Um, but I also did a thing on my Instagram while I asked other people with chronic illness to kind of share like their biggest fears mm-hmm. around dating. And I wasn't surprised at all by the yeah. answers that I got because every single answer was the same fears I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still wanted to like read those off and yeah. kind of um, obviously just give a shout out to those people that we're willing to share this so vulnerably to me on Instagram. Um, yeah. I'm definitely interested to hear kind of some of the things too. Yeah. So, uh, the first one, let's see. Okay. This is the first one I'm going to say because it kind of goes off of what we were just talking about. So somebody wrote that their biggest fear is that they will be too much to handle. And that's what they wrote as the fear. And my first thought when reading this is, well, first off, I get it because that's my fear, too. Mm-hmm. Second off, I'm like, isn't everybody a little bit too much to handle? Yes. Like everybody has their own issues. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own shit that they're dealing with. And like we we're just talking about, like maybe somebody has a kid. Maybe that kid's a lot to handle. Mm-hmm. How is that that much different than like somebody having a chronic illness that's well, a little bit more to handle? You know what I for mean? For sure. And people's families are like a lot to handle. That was the other thing I, I thought of. I'm like somebody's mother-in-law somebody's Mm father-in-law sometimes those are too much to handle like yeah um somebody's like past addictions or something or past relationships past relationships like everybody has baggage everybody has baggage everybody has shit going on like it's just maybe not all out there instantly yeah you know it's kind (laughs) of a nice little like perspective shift to like make you feel better Mm -hmm. but I'm curious because like I would understand that being a fear like like if you're sick, like just feeling like somebody wouldn't be able to handle mm-hmm. what you're going through because it, it's shitty for you to have to handle on your own. But I'm kind of curious, like when that fear like develops, like, is it because other people have made it seem like it's baggage or is it just like, I don't know, like something that you believe or... Um, I would say it's probably because the society that we live in has yeah. made us, has made people with chronic illness feel like they are too much to handle. Yeah. To be honest, I mean, people with chronic illness don't really get 
treated very well by the medical system. First off, Mm -hmm. the medical system doesn't really know what to do with them. First off, has a shit time trying to diagnose them in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then once they diagnose them, they have to try to figure out how to manage that person's illness. It's a chronic illness for a reason. You're going to have it for life, you know? And so it's like they get I guess the medical system just can't figure that out and so I think it's that experience through the medical system where you're like if these experts can't handle it Mm -hmm. how is somebody that I'm romantically involved with supposed to handle it yeah you know yeah and then obviously there's a little bit part of yourself thinking it too you're the one that's going through managing it every single day you see firsthand that it's a lot to fucking handle Mm mm-hmm so and you wish every day that you didn't have to deal with it yeah so when you start dating somebody else you're like why the fuck would you want to deal with this yeah you know what I mean yeah so it's definitely something I think both ways yeah well and we were kind of talking before the episode like I know this past weekend like you said on Sunday you were with your boyfriend and you kind of had this episode happen Mm -hmm. and you just kind of feel bad for like struggling through that So, yeah, I don't know. We just literally talked about how that kind of has played into your life. Yeah, it's it's terrifying when that happens. Um, And like we were talking about before, too, when you have an episode and not just an episode of somebody with a chronic illness, this can be anybody having any sort of episode, Mm -hmm. somebody just getting the flu or just getting a cold. Usually when that happens, you hide away. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to be by yourself until you get through it. You're not really like, I don't know, like asking for other people to help you through it very much. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not what we're taught to do Mm -hmm. when we're having issues and when we're sick. And so when I have an episode personally and I'm not home, like I was at my boyfriend's house for the weekend when it happened, my first thought is like I'm instantly uncomfortable because I'm not in my home space mm-hmm. and I don't have my things with me to be able to control this properly. Yeah. And it's not only me having to suffer through it at that point, it's him having to suffer mm-hmm. through it too because he's having to watch me suffer through it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's it's a, it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, he is choosing to be there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so I need to remember to like take that pressure off myself when that happens. Like he chose to be my boyfriend, mm-hmm. you know, he chose to be my boyfriend when he knew I was, I had a chronic illness. Mm-hmm. So if that shit happens, I just need to deal with it. And I just need to trust that he's going to be there for me during yeah. it. Instead of putting more pressure on myself during an episode, Because I'm now worried about what he's thinking Mm -hmm. instead of just taking care of my fucking self. You know, (laughs) it's interesting because I kind of feel like we're trained, like you kind of mentioned society, like to put our best foot forward. So it is interesting, like when you're sick or when you don't feel good, it's like you want to like stay in Mm -hmm. and like kind of like hide, which I totally get just like so your body can recover. But it's just in- interesting that it's like you feel like you're not like putting out your best. So it's like you don't feel like you're worthy of being around people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a perfect way to say it. Yeah. And that's so unfair that like I think that way. Yeah. I'm trying really, really hard to break that. <laughs> trying really hard. But yeah. it's not easy. For sure. Know? It's like a valid feeling. Yeah. You know? it'll, it'll take time. 
and it'll take time through experience honestly Mm -hmm. you know like obviously I had a bad experience when I was really sick with somebody I was dating who wasn't there for me so of course there's a little bit of like PTSD from that Mm -hmm. you know expecting like this this one to leave when shit gets hard so yeah yeah it's a it's a fear that everybody's gonna have um okay so another biggest fear that somebody said was their biggest fear was planning something and then not feeling well the day of and this was like such a big one for me because this has happened to me so many times Mm -hmm. (laughs) with chronic illness you cannot predict when your episodes are gonna happen yeah so like you might wake up and you might feel good you might wake up and you might feel like you got hit by a bus Mm -hmm. and it's every day is different you can only do so much to manage it you Mm -hmm. know what I mean and so my advice for that and something I've learned is I don't make promises for plans anymore yeah that's just how I am and at first it kind of frustrated I think it frustrated my family it frustrated my friends because they can't really like rely on me being somewhere for something but it's like there's not much I can do you know I can't rely on my health so yes like you're like I'm sorry me that's not reliable it's like my health that's unreliable like (laughs) exactly exactly and so I don't make promises and I always tell people like I'll let you know the day of yeah that's that's just what I stick with and that's difficult when you're in a relationship with somebody else because it's not just you you know it's them too Mm -hmm. um and you might get invited somewhere together that your significant other really really wants to go to yeah and you can only go if you feel decent enough that day Mm -hmm. so something else I think I've had to learn is like to be okay with my significant other going somewhere when I can't go somewhere. Yeah. You know, cause that's hard. Yeah. You know, you get like a little bit of FOMO and yeah, you're like, just stay home with me. Yeah. You get bummed when like they can go to something and you can't go to something. But at the same time you have to, you know, you're with that person because you care about them. Mm-hmm. You don't want them sitting home every second that you are. Yeah. I mean, we wish they would, but yeah. that's not the life that you want for them because mm-hmm. they aren't the one that's chronically ill. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you just have to let them go and hope that on your really bad days, they will want to stay home with yes. you. Yes. That's you what know? I was going to say is that I feel like there has to be kind of a balance exactly. because I know like previously you kind of mentioned the experience you had before you met your current boyfriend and like when you were first getting diagnosed and it was like he basically just left every time like mm-hmm. and and he didn't understand why you wouldn't want to go do things and so I don't know I just know that that was really frustrating and hard for you because he just never chose to like stay in unless you yeah. were like he was like well do you want me to stay and you're like <laughs> Not I anymore. just want you to want to <laughs> stay like <laughs> yeah I think that's important is like what's the best way to say that um it's not that like you need to stay home it's not that you need your significant other to stay home with you all the time it's that you want them to offer is kind of more so you want just want them to show that like they care yeah and to like make sure that you're gonna be okay well they don't need to leave you alone in like your most desperate times Mm -hmm. like that's just kind of like really inconsiderate yeah 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 um another big fear um 
this person wrote being judged for symptoms and being unreliable. Yeah. Um, I do know that there's like a fine line between expressing how I'm feeling and coming off as like just a complainer, you know? Yeah. Um, and like, it sucks that there's such a fine line, but like I've had other people like do it to me where I get annoyed. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, I understand it. It can happen. But I know that when I'm with somebody, when you're dating somebody, you're constantly at like make, checking in with them. Right. Mm-hmm. And like making sure they're doing okay. Like, Oh, how are you? Like, how yeah. was your day? Blah, blah, blah. When like me being a chronically ill person, I answer those questions a lot differently mm-hmm. than your average person. Yeah. Um, and so at times I often like will write something out in a text message and then I will erase it and then I'll just be like, my day was good. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't really know the answer as to like, should you be completely vulnerable and open all the time or should you hold back a little bit? I think for me, I don't hold back because I think my significant other is not going to care I think I hold back to like not overwhelm them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of like the feeling like a burden that yeah. we kind of mentioned. But it, it's hard because it's like, I don't know how to explain it properly, really. I don't think. <laughs> well, I feel like I kind of understand what you're saying because it's not like you want to be like, I had such a shit day. Like yeah. my head is pounding. Fucking yeah. work sucked. Like I'm never going to get any relief. This sucks, which you should be able to vent. Like, yeah. You like kind of like before this episode, it's like you kind of told me how you're feeling, yeah. but it's not like in a way where it's, it seems like you're super complainy or like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's just about picking and choosing. Yeah. Um, you know, like I know some days are a million times worse than other days. I know most of my days I feel like shit. I know. So it sucks. You know, that's just how it is. So if somebody's, if my significant other asks me how I'm doing, Usually I say, I'm doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's my go-to answer. Yeah. I'm doing okay. And then most of the time, like, if they really, if, like, so I'll t- talk as, like, my boyfriend. Yeah. Um, If he asks me, like, further follow-up mm-hmm. questions, then I will, like, yeah. be a little bit more expressive. Yeah. But, like, sometimes you just kind of ask somebody how they're doing just to, like, keep conversation keep conversation going yeah. or just to like do a quick check-in you don't mm-hmm. really have time for like a full-blown like therapy session yeah <laughs> you know what I mean yeah um and so I try to reserve like my actual events for my actual like really really bad days where I actually really need it yeah um and I also I just don't want to like make him extra worried yeah about me you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, You're like, it sucks, but I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, you know, like, yeah, I had a rough day, but I'm doing okay. Yeah. Kind of thing. It's just kind of like the reality of like your every day. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. But I mean, I think your significant other will understand it over time. Yeah. You know, they'll start to realize that every day's shit. Yeah. <laughs> And then every now and then you'll have a really bad day. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like 
Because I know, so like your previous relationship, you were healthy when you guys got together and then you got sick. So mm-hmm. things kind of changed. Yeah. Um. Whereas Steven kind of had to like learn and like just kind of watch and see like what you're going through. Yeah. So it's totally different because it's like it started out that way. I don't know. Just because there are people who are going to be in different phases of their relationships. So like it's really weird to think about because if I'm thinking about my relationship now versus that past relationship, I would think that they would have played out completely opposite. I would have thought that the person who I was with when I was healthy and then saw me get sick would have been able to be there for me through it and would Mm -hmm. have been able to work through it because they would have remembered what I was as a healthy person. And obviously this isn't me as a healthy person, you know, and like they would have been I don't know. Just yeah. More willing to get me back to being a healthy person. Yeah. Whereas I would now expect a new person, newer person to be like, this is a lot. Yeah. Kind of thing. I don't really know how to navigate this. But in reality, like Stephen has been absolutely wonderful about mm-hmm. navigating it. So it just really threw me off. I did not expect it. But yeah. I don't know. Goes to show that sometimes you're not with the right person, I guess. Yeah. Well, you just, I think about like the dynamic shift, like in that relationship for somebody to see you and know you one way Mm -hmm. and then to see you like a completely different way. I don't know. I just think it's like, it would be such a change and like such an adjustment. And I do think it's sad that somebody like wouldn't be open to like adjusting to that and like Mm -hmm. understanding like she's sick. Like, I don't know. I just think it speaks volumes for the person, though, too. You definitely. Know? Definitely does. Um, This is kind of a big, this other biggest fear is pretty similar to everything we've talked about. But this person wrote leaving or my biggest fear is someone leaving when they can't deal with me anymore. Um, Obviously, this happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I get it. My advice is let them fucking go. Let them know. <laughs> um, I'm just going to say the cliche line. If they can't handle you at your worst, then they don't deserve you at your best. It's so true. You know what I mean? Like, I really don't. I don't. I'm not an expert by any means when it comes to dating while chronically ill. Yeah. But I definitely have been through my like fair share of experiences. And there's things I've done that I wish I would have done differently. And there's things that. I did that. I was like, fuck, yeah, I'm proud of myself for doing that. And one of those was letting my ex-boyfriend go when he wanted to go. Yep. You know what I mean? It was I was at a point where I was like. I mean, I was really sick when we broke up and Mm -hmm. obviously I was scared to lose like a lifeline. Yeah. Even though it was a shitty lifeline, (laughs) it was still a lifeline, something I was used to having around. You know what I mean? Well, it's Um, like a big life change to happen like while you're going through everything else too. Yeah. And if anybody knows how shitty you feel when you go through a breakup on top of being already really fucking sick was absolutely terrible. (laughs) Um, But I think that was one of the best decisions I made where he was like, you know, this is done. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I know. I remember you being (laughs) like, I was so calm about it. (laughs) You're like, all right. like (laughs) Because it's like you all, you have to pick and choose your battles Mm -hmm. at that point. You know what I mean? And I'm like, if this person isn't going to be there for me, if they don't want to stick around, why am I going to fight for them to stick around? I'm fighting for my fucking life already Mm -hmm. right now. 
Like you're I'm, either going to fight with me or like get lost. Yeah, like that's just more stress than it is helpful for me mm-hmm. anyways right now. So yeah, just, just let them fucking go. They don't deserve <laughs> you. That's what I have to say. Uh, um, this other person said, my biggest fear is that being sick isn't sexy. I loved this one, by the way. I, as soon as I read this. Yeah. <laughs> because first off, fuck that. I know. I feel like you totally show that sick is sexy. Like, <laughs> I just think when you think about it in a deeper context, I think vulnerability is sexy. Yes. I think the older I get, the more sexy vulnerability is becoming yeah. to me. So like specifically, I remember kind of my family, like my dad and my brothers, I have two older brothers. They were always kind of like, you know, boys don't show emotion, men don't cry kind of thing. And it was always awkward for me being the only girl of the family, obviously besides my mom, but being the only girl of the siblings where like when I would show emotion, nobody would really know like how to handle me. I feel like this is still to this day. It still is to this day. They still treat me like that. (laughs) Correct. Yeah. So like I would show emotion and my dad would just be like, I, I don't know, don't know what to do with you. Like, I'm sorry, this is too much for me. Like, just walk away. And it's Go like, talk to your mom. Yeah. It's like, what? Like, you know, and like, I don't think I ever saw my brothers cry or like be vulnerable about anything. Yeah. Um, Which is wild to me. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, when I started dating, I don't think I ever saw anybody I was dating cry mm-hmm. ever and I like I remember um when Steven and I first started dating hopefully he doesn't hate me for saying this um he didn't like cry but like he was talking about something that was like super important to him mm-hmm. and like his eyes did start to get like yeah. watery while he's talking about it and he got super embarrassed like instantly and he was like, oh, my God, like, I'm so sorry. Like, he's like, I don't know what's happening. You know, like, wiping his eyes, <laughs> trying to, like, play it off. And instantly I'm like, I'm so turned on right now. <laughs> like, That's so funny. You know, because yeah. it's like you're being so vulnerable mm-hmm. about and you're sharing something that's such a big part of you. Yeah. How is that not sexy? Yeah. That is so fucking sexy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like it. I like that perspective shift. And also just being alive when you feel like death is sexy. So, well, and like, I think you could just walk around in your underwear, like while you're chronically ill and just like, that's so true. That's sexy. Like, I mean, I live in my Calvin Klein. Yeah, I really do. <laughs> Shout out to them again. Cause I'm really trying to get sponsored. <laughs> Please Calvin Klein. That would be mainly, a big one. Mainly because all my Calvin Klein underwear has holes in it right now. <laughs> okay. Really though? Mine do too. Like okay, maybe is this is something? a manufacturing problem. <laughs> I think it might be. I did get my Calvin Klein's from TJ Maxx though, so maybe that's why. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> oh man. Oh, okay. Shit. <laughs> okay. So another person wrote, "My biggest fear is being a financial burden." Yeah. Which is so true. Chronic well, illness is not fucking cheap. You know the thing that. I yes for sure but I also I know a lot of people who have student debt who like that's Mm -hmm. a financial burden or like people who start businesses like that's a financial Mm -hmm. burden so I mean yes like I totally understand Mm -hmm. that it's like a financial burden but there are other people who kind of have those same things 
Well, yeah. And it just comes down to like the right person will be able to work through it with you. Mm -hmm. Like that's just what it is. Yep. Honestly. And that's I hate saying such a simple answer like that because it sounds so cliche and like you don't really know where to how to take that and like run with it. But (laughs) it really is like, you know, like the wrong person will find things about you that don't work for them Mm -hmm. the right person won't see those things the same Mm -hmm. and they'll be like financial burden we'll figure this out yeah you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. I think that was a good one yeah for sure um okay so another thing I did before this episode was do some polls on Instagram stories and I had four main questions that I asked people and I thought these were so interesting. Okay. So my first question that I asked was, do you fear that you have too much baggage? And this was to all the people with chronic illness who are going through dating. Yes. It was like over 200 people voted on it. 92% said yes. So wow. it just goes to show that that is like everybody's biggest fear mm-hmm. that being chronically ill means you have too much baggage. And the other one was, are you scared to let someone else in to help you? Um, This, I had the same number of votes and it was about 80% said yes. Okay. And I think this one is a huge issue that I've dealt with because this kind of goes back to like being with somebody that left me during my shit storm. Mm -hmm. I had to learn to like take care of myself and figure it out all on my own Mm -hmm. get comfortable being alone while being sick yeah and so now being with somebody new I'm having to like relearn how to let that person help me Mm -hmm. while still having the fear that they're not going to help me Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so it's like a really complicated thing to figure out yeah well and it would kind of it's just like more boundaries that you kind of put up to like protect yourself because mm-hmm. I would think dating with a chronic illness like takes a ton of energy as well. So it's like at what point do you even get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm willing to like let this person in and like with who? Mm-hmm. Because it's like if you give that to like somebody, that's like a very vulnerable thing to do to like let somebody in and then it's like, are you going to st- stick around or Uh like where are we gonna be after this you know I have a specific memory of my past relationship when I asked him for help with everything that was going on Mm -hmm. and I asked him if he could take me to my doctor's appointments and there was multiple times where he would say yes I'll take you to that appointment the time and day would come and he would be not there And it would be like, where are you? Oh, my God. I would literally (laughs) get on the phone and rage. That would make me so mad. Yeah, multiple times in a row. And then he would be like, oh, yeah, sorry. I picked up a shift. I totally forgot that I had said I was going to do that. Like, cool. So now I'm like sick as fuck and having to figure out how to get to my doctor's appointment. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, this was the point where I like wasn't comfortable driving. So it's like this was a big deal to have somebody that can drive me to my fucking Mm -hmm. appointments. It was just fucking terrible. Yeah. I, re- I re- honestly, like, I'm so grateful I quit my job when I did. Because, I'm grateful like, you did, too. <laughs> honestly, it's just been, like, nice to be able to help in that way. Yeah. Just because I know that that's, like, something that just, like, 
takes a little bit of pressure off. And I do remember mm-hmm. you were like scared to drive because you were having these like episodes mm-hmm. where like you'd forget where you were going or mm-hmm. like, like epileptic, not epileptic, but narcoleptic, like, yeah, narcoleptic. like falling asleep. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. I would just would forget where I was going when I was driving and I would end up like somewhere where I don't know where the fuck I was. And yeah. I'd be like, where was I even going? Mm-hmm. Like multiple times when I was at work, I'd have to drive for meetings and I remember I would like end up, I would go to different job sites for my work. I'd end up at the total wrong job site than where I was supposed to be. And I'd be like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, why did I drive to this one when I'm supposed to be like 20 miles south at this other one right now? It's kind of interesting because I've been reading like a lot about habits and like the way that our brain uh-huh. like wires itself to like make things like as easy as possible. And so it's just interesting to think like I'm like you're your brain power just like it puts you onto like autopilot mm-hmm. like into like a certain habit and like a routine and you just like yep you do that mm-hmm. it's just weird that like your brain didn't have the functionality to like yeah work and then I went like back roads one time to get somewhere um back road that I have been driving since I could drive oh yeah you shared this in the yeah and got completely fucking yeah lost. and you like pulled over and finally pulled up the gps yeah, after like crying I was crying yeah and so pissed off because I'm like I've been down this road a million times I should know where I'm going yeah. like what the fuck is happening not to mention that like I told people around me I should not be driving and then I got in my very first accident I've ever been in oh, yeah. during this time period. Yep. And I was like, I told you bitches so. <laughs> Just saying. Like, I do remember that. <laughs> motherfuckers should have listened to me. It's crazy. Um, and The next two questions that I put on the poll are technically kind of about like dating I well they're all about dating but like I kind of think about like online dating Mm -hmm. with them um so the first question was do you prefer meeting people through dating apps or do you prefer like meeting acquaintances so like acquaintances being like a family friend yeah or like a mutual friend friend. yeah Yeah, that kind of thing um so I personally had always dated through acquaintances Mm -hmm. my whole life not to mention dating apps weren't really a thing until later in yeah. my life. Anyways, I guess we didn't really have a choice. True. <laughs> it's not weird. We like grew up before dating apps were like. Yeah. You know what's wild. interesting too though to think about is like MySpace and Facebook. How those essentially were like kind of the first yeah. dating apps. Except you weren't still weren't supposed to talk to strangers then. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I remember on MySpace, I like put my location because I didn't want anybody to know where I was like is like Zimbabwe. I remember that. But now I like check in to like the city I live in. <laughs> oh God, times have changed. It's so weird. Um, So 64% of the people that voted said that they prefer meeting through acquaintances. Okay. Which I think makes sense. I think people find comfort in meeting somebody that knows somebody they know. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not a complete stranger. Yeah. Um, but I also think when you think about like having a chronic illness, yeah, there's the comfort of this person already knowing somebody you know. But like what about the comfort of like getting to meet people on a dating app without actually having to like meet- go do the work? Mm-hmm. Is that terrible? 
Well, I mean, I'm sure it could kind of be done the same way, though, because if you think about like a friend of a friend, like maybe you get their phone number. So you like text back and forth beforehand. True. And like your friends have shown you pictures and then you like go stalk their social media. I guess you can do that now. I guess I'm thinking back to like back in the day when I would meet acquaintances. It would be like at like parties. Yeah. Like functions. Yes. Type thing. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It doesn't. It takes more energy than the online. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm obviously not going to parties anymore. These days are like going out to the bars or things like that. So it's like how would I meet people? I mean, I guess if Susie from work has a friend she recommends for me to date, maybe. But like, what's the chance? How often does that actually happen from yeah. like somebody, you know, like yeah. recommending somebody for you? you yeah. Know what I mean? Right. So it's like if I'm not going out to these public places and doing these things, the dating apps are helpful. Yeah. You know, and not to mention I can like get all of my questions answered before even having to do my makeup yes for this person yes I love it I lo- <laughs> it's a good perspective shift wait did you do you put that you're you have a chronic illness on your dating profile no I didn't okay so this kind of rolls into the next question so this is an awesome question okay. that you asked um so I never put anything on there that straight up said I have a chronic illness the only things I ever did was I always connected my Instagram to my profile um, because I share very publicly about my yes. chronic illness on my Instagram. Yep. So that way, obviously, they're going to look at my Instagram. If they look at my Instagram and they see that and they're still talking to me, that's a win. Yep. The other thing is there was like a prompt on the Hinge app that was like, if you um, won a million dollars, what would you donate it to? I don't know if that was the exact question, but something okay. of that sort. Yeah. And so I just put Lyme Disease Foundation Okay, was my answer. Okay. So that was kind of like a like hint, yeah. hint. Like, yeah. This is important to me. Yes. Maybe you should ask me why. Yeah. Like kind of thing. Maybe do some research. Right? <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't think anybody actually ever asked me about that prompt. I Most people are probably like, what the fuck's that? Yeah. And they just didn't even ask. <laughs> but yeah, I never really put anything straight up. Okay. But the next question that I did ask on my Instagram polls was when do you tell somebody that you have a chronic illness? Mm-hmm. And the two options I gave was before you meet and after you meet. Okay. And I was curious, like, what do people prefer? It was 61% of people said afterwards. Okay. Which actually surprised me because I think I guessed more people would say it before. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's not that big of a difference, 39% and 61%. But for me personally, I've had people ask me this question. Like, when yeah, do you when tell do you people? Tell? And I'm like, I don't fucking have an answer for you, to be honest. Yeah. Because it's like, it's awkward if you just randomly blurt it out in conversation. Like, hey, I have this illness. Right? <laughs> I feel like shit every that's, day. <laughs> that's the same as like you randomly being like, hey, I, don't I, drink. Have, I have a lot of student loan debt. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, okay. Like, <laughs> I was random. <laughs> My parents got divorced when I was five. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like, it's not something you just randomly point yeah. out. And so for me personally, I would just drop it like just whenever it felt right in the conversation. If that happened to be before I met up with this person, then it was before I met up with this person. Yeah. And if it was afterwards, then it was afterwards. But I also felt like I didn't really like the thought of going out and in meeting somebody um, at least like more than two times before telling them. Okay. Um, 
because I didn't really and this might just be the self-conscious like baggage thinking I'm too much to handle thing I didn't like the thought of like somebody starting to like me and then me like dropping that kind of bomb on them you know what I mean yeah wait (laughs) that made me feel guilty can I ask when you told Steven um I told him that's a good question. Now I'm trying to think of this. I definitely didn't tell him when I was talking to him in the app because him and I just looked back at our conversation the other day. Oh, yeah. And it was hysterical, by the way. Honestly, I love to do that to this day, like nine years ago. Like, it's really entertaining. Okay. I have to tell you this while we're on this right okay. now because remember I told you on our other episode about dating where I would always talk to somebody for a really, really long time before like I agreed to like go out with them or whatever so we looked back at this conversation between us on hinge and it was literally like he said like two lines to me and then was like i'd love to take you out on a date and i was like cool here's my phone number (laughs) we just literally were like eating mexican food and we were reading this and i looked at him and i was like how the fuck did you get me to do that so fast? <laughs> what the fuck? I was like, I never had my conversations go like that with people. That's funny. It was like the weirdest thing. And of course, he's like, well, you know, when you know, you know. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> he feels I'm all like, special. I don't know how you like got you just I just you got my phone number so fucking fast. I don't know how that happened. Um, That's so hilarious. I, don't think I even really talked to him for that long before I went out with him. But now I am trying to remember when I told him. I'm going to have to get back to you on that. Okay. Yeah, we might have to do an update on our live video on Saturday. I'm guessing, my guess is probably when I gave him my Instagram, which clearly wasn't over the app. It was probably through texting. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to figure that out now. (laughs) that's funny wait I do have one question for you that kind of like popped up do you want me to ask it now or or no go for it okay are you done with the poll Mm -hmm. questions Mm -hmm. um would you date somebody who's chronically ill 1000% yes definitely okay I actually thought for a while that like I would probably prefer it (laughs) yeah to be honest I was thinking about it and I just I just feel like they'd be able to relate to me in a lot of ways um yeah, so I would. Yeah. I don't see that as being something that would scare me at all. See, it's interesting, though, because, like, what I'm hearing is kind of a lot of people with chronic illness, like, put this pressure on themselves of, mm. like, I have this baggage, I have this illness. But then you would date somebody who's, like, yeah. chronically ill. So it's, you don't, you don't even look at it at somebody else's, like, they have this baggage. No, definitely not. You look at it as, like, a, I can connect with them more. I look at them as vulnerability is sexy. Yeah. That's what I see. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, though, like, I, I mean, I just think I'm at, like, maybe it's the age that I'm at mm-hmm. where I'm just, like, everybody has their shit everybody's gone through shit mm-hmm. I just don't see somebody's shit that they're dealing with as a reason to leave them yeah or to not be interested in them yeah you know like yeah if, I'm not saying that like it would work out with everybody that I <laughs> that has a chronic illness yeah I date them, but I just feel like it wouldn't you be need a to deal. find the right person and I don't think you should let that stop you yep from getting to know somebody yep I guess that's where I'm going I like that, that answer 
glad you approve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about it. And I was because like just through the episode, you, you're talking about like the financial burden and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so like I think if you date somebody who is chronically ill it's like are you thinking oh I'm basically gonna double my debt double my debt you know but you're <laughs> not even true but, <laughs> but like you're not even thinking about that so it's just interesting that you kind of put the standard on yourself but then you yeah. also don't put like the standard on other people I don't know I just kind of think it's a good perspective shift like you wouldn't expect it from somebody else so like why mm-hmm. expect it like from yourself that's true you know, and there's so much I like there's so much work I need to do to um, still keep improving my mindset on dating. And yeah. Dealing with all of this. Like, well, like I a, said, I'm not an expert. Yeah. It's, just, it's a lot to deal with. It is. Um, but I just think the moral of all of this is like. Just be like trust in your journey and be confident in yourself and just don't let like the fact that you have a chronic illness stop you from feeling like you deserve love. Yeah. Because you still fucking deserve love. Mm-hmm. Everybody deserves love no matter what they've been through yes. in life. And so it's like just, and actually something else to note too. Um, I was really good friends with a guy. Um, I guess I still am really good friends with a guy. That sounded weird. Um, and one time he was talking to me and he was talking about a girl that he was kind of interested in at the time um and he was like yeah but like she has like a lot of shit like going on in her life that like she's needing to figure out blah blah blah. and he wasn't really telling me what it was but he was just kind of like saying like you know she's got a lot of shit going on Mm -hmm. and I looked at him and I was like I got a lot of shit going on (laughs) you know because I I was in like my deepest shit at this point of our Mm -hmm. conversation and I remember he looked at me and he was like well yeah but like you're like confident in it like you own it he's like so that's like the difference between like you and her like she apologizes for it all the time and like it's always awkward about it where you're just like my life's shit accept it yeah (laughs) and like that gave me a perspective too because I was like first off I had no idea I was coming off that confidently win (laughs) that's awesome because inside I didn't feel that confident right but I was like okay like you're telling me here's these two girls side by side, both have shit going on in their life, but yep. one's just like, this is my life. I accept it. Mm-hmm. And the other one's feeling sorry for themselves all the time. And you're like, okay, with the one, but the other one is like bothersome to you. Yeah. So that was like super interesting to that hear. Is. And I always remind myself that now mm-hmm. when I start to get down and I start to feel like, you know, less than like I don't deserve something. I'm like, no, just be confident. Just accept it this is your life yeah and then somebody else will see that from you and they'll be like all right like yeah she's got shit going on but obviously she can fucking handle it Mm -hmm. so what like what's the big deal for sure (laughs) i like that yeah so that's good but um do you have any other questions for me related to this nope the only thing i just want to end up like i want to get the answer to when you told steven that's the only thing yeah i will um think about that i will hopefully have an update for that when we do our live stream um if you're listening to this when we do our live stream at nine o'clock today (laughs) because that's when the episode's releasing so tune into that on instagram and i'll have the answer for you um other than that i'm always interested in talking to people about their experiences dating while navigating a chronic illness um 
I think it's something that can be helpful if you talk to somebody else about it while you're going through it. Yeah. I've talked to other people about it, you know, when I'm in the thick of it. So I'm more than happy to have people reach out to me and ask me questions or just share their experiences. Mm-hmm. I also always love funny dating experiences. <laughs> so if you have an experience of somebody being a complete fucking asshole to you while you're chronically ill, please share it with me because <laughs> I will make you laugh about it and make you feel a thousand times better about it. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, that's all I have to say for this episode, you guys. Until next time, we will catch you then. Bye. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,